Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. And of the burnt sacrifice of his offering to the Lord is of birds. Then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or young pigeons. And just so you know, those are very inexpensive to get a hold of in that day. And again, as I look at this, I realize that God was just saying, look, I want everybody to be able to participate. I believe that almost anybody could get together some baby pigeons or some turtle doves, even if you had to beg for it or whatever. It was something that was accessible to most people. As Pastor Bill continues to share about the sacrifices required of the Israelites today, you may be wondering how someone could afford all of this. Having to sacrifice an animal to atone for all your sins it would really start to add up. It will cost you something. And that's the point Pastor Bill wants to make today. Sin is costly, but God wanted to give everyone a chance to be redeemed, no matter their station in life. And now he's made a way for all of us to be redeemed, all because of the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. It says in verse two, for then they would not have ceased to be offered for the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Again, it only covers. And so Hebrews as in that section of Hebrews is really as it's laying out what the sacrifices couldn't do. It's really moving towards the point of saying that, but Jesus did these things, that Jesus was a better sacrifice because he took away our sins. So moving on in verse five, now it says, he shall kill the bull before the Lord and the priest. Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And so again, in verse five, it says he shall kill. He's going to bring this animal. He's going to bring it down. It's going to be for offering for sacrifice. And he's going to bring it down and kill it himself. And again, I just ask you to consider, like, what's that like? I mean, I've killed animals on accident. I've killed animals on purpose when I was a kid and, you know, maybe hunting and stuff like that. Don't judge me. Um, But as a grown man, I remember driving and I ran over a cat. And BJ said, Dad, what was that? It just went, and I looked back and I felt terrible. It, it It went immediately stiff. It just rolled over and it went, boom. And I was like, oh, man. And I was... I, was, I didn't want to go back, and I knew I couldn't help it. I was done, and I'm like, man, that people are going to come out and murder me. You know, so I did. I just I went on home. I just kept on going. But I felt terrible. It felt bad. It wasn't intentional. It ran out in the middle of the street and everything else, but I felt, I felt bad. I don't even know the cat. I say that because I'm, I'm looking at these people, and they're offering animals that are, they're giving birth to these animals in their own homes, and they're being raised up around their kids and around their families, part of their own herd, their own flock. They have value to them, but they're also something that, I mean, you've been seeing this thing every day since it it got here. It's just hard to think that that wouldn't kind of bug you a little bit. You're going to go kill? You're going to kill Fluffy, Dad? You're going to kill whatever they, I don't know if they named them. I don't know if they they tried to not get close or whatever, but I I just have to believe that that had to be kind of difficult to do. And then you're going to kill it. You bring this thing down, you're going to put your hand on it, and then you're going to slit its throat. They, were, they, they, they had way, they had it figured out what to do, and they had certain arteries that they would whack and make sure it, it died and it bled out, and then afterwards, it's got to be all chopped up. But I look at this, and I think I at least believe that God wanted there to be an impact. 
Uh, that there would be sorrow over sin. That there would be a recognition that, man, my sins are costly. Look at what my sins create. And every time we celebrate communion, every time we look at what the Lord did, I believe that that's God said, I want you to remember. Look, look at what your sins did. Broken body, shed blood for you. He was innocent. You were guilty. He did this for you. You know, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me, he says. And so every time we celebrate communion, it's a reminder of that very thing for the believer. Look at what Christ endured for you. He was innocent. We were guilty. I think it should bring a soberness and a, a reality that, man, I, I can't go on living like that. I can't, I can't, I shouldn't go on in rebellion and sin. Look at what my sin costs, my Lord. I'm moving on now, verse uh, six. It says, and he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. So now you put your hand on it, then you got to kill it. Now you got to skin it because the only thing that didn't get burnt in the burnt offering was the skin. So they had to skin it and then they were to chop it up. And um, I did a, now I skinned a small animal. And I'm telling you guys, that's, that's work. Me and BJ were going, um, now just so you guys understand, there's, so I don't want anybody getting mad at me. There's certain kind of squirrels that are considered rodents. I know everybody thinks squirrels are cute. But um, I got friends that own campsites. Now there's the tree squirrel, they're cute, right? There's ground squirrels and they tear up the ground and they mess up your foundation and so they exterminate them. So I got a couple of guys that they'll tell me and BJ, that, hey, we're gonna be calling the guys to come and exterminate. If you guys wanna come with your BB guns or pellet guns and shoot some squirrels, you know, you guys can come shoot some squirrels. So we went on a, we were like, we're gonna shoot one and we're gonna get the skin and do all the things. So we got one and uh, we took it home and we're in the garage and we did, we cut it open and, um, and you had to pull his little arms off. It was like taking clothes off. <laughs> and you, had to, you had to unpeel it and everything else. And, um, you know, just to get the skins or whatever. And I remember, it's just a squirrel. But once you got the insides open, it was, I could barely stand the smell of the, just the intros and stuff inside. And I'm thinking, man, they're doing ox. They're doing big animals that eat all day. This is nasty stuff. I, I, I'm pretty strong stomach. I was sitting there with BJ like... I got a man up as my son, but it was hard, man. I, it was difficult to, to, to stomach, you know, just to get all that mess out and then just have the skin left or whatever. So, you know, I'm looking at what they're called to do here. And it's like, man, they got to skin it and then you got to cut it into chunks. Why? Maybe cutting it into smaller chunks so it, it would burn faster. I don't know, but it was going to be cut up into chunks. So just pointing this out, if, if you guys remember the very first sacrifice in Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter three, verse 21. After Adam and Eve had sinned, after they got busted, after God dealt out punishments, it says that God put skins on them. And there was a, that, that means there was a sacrifice that had been offered for them and the skins had been preserved and it was put on them as a covering because their fig leaves wasn't doing it. So in keeping with that, the whole thing is going to be burnt up, but the skins are going to be taken off. All right. Verse seven, the sons of Aaron, the priests shall put fire on the altar and lay wood in order on the fire. Then the priests... Aaron's sons shall lay the parts, the head, the fat in order on the wood that is on the fire above the altar. But he shall wash its entrails and its legs with water. And the priest shall burn all on the altar as a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire. And then it says this, a sweet aroma to the Lord. And so the entrails are taken out. They're going to be washed. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to mess with my chitlin eating people here tonight, but they're going to be washed and they're going to that stuff's going to be burned. And then it says also, um, and this is interesting, the legs are the legs are going to be um, 
washed with water, and then they're, they're going to be uh, put up to be burned. And so I don't like to read in too much to stuff, but one of the books I was reading on this was suggesting, you know, why, why are they washing the leg? You know, the leg is taken, it's been cut off, it's probably bleeding, and they wanted to wash it in water. And, you know, they, they were saying it could be symbolic of the fact that Christ's leg was not broken. And um, then you had the blood in the water. And if you guys remember when Jesus was on the cross and he died, when they didn't break his leg, they confirmed his death by piercing his side and the water and the blood came out. Um, again, I, that's one of the things I read. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to go too far with that, but the legs are going to be washed. The entrails are going to be washed. It's all going to be put up and be burned. This is the thing that I want to know because I saw it three times in the chapter. The end of verse 9, the end of verse 13, and the end of verse 17, it says, a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. And I used to look at this and think, anybody ever, you know, you get up on the 4th of July, you smell your neighbor's barbecue, and it's a good, it smells good. It's a sweet, that's a good smell. It smells good at barbecue or whatever, carne asada down the street or whatever. But I, I believe the thing that's a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord is the obedience. That this is a, a free will offering, a sacrifice that costs his people something, something they're doing in obedience and love and honor of the Lord. And God says, this is a sweet smelling aroma to me. And so, you know, we're obviously don't offer up sacrifices and such today. But I believe that when we live like this, it's a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. There are some things that the Bible speaks of that are a stench in the nostril of God. But this right here, God said, this is a sweet smelling aroma to me. As we're going through Leviticus, something I'm going to challenge you to look at or just to consider and to think about as we go through it is when God is prescribing, this is what I want you to do. We're learning about him. I was talking to my daughter yesterday. I was going over some of this with her and talking to her. And when kids are trying to find out what your parents are like, for you guys that have kids, this is what kids do. Does your mom let you do this? Does your dad do this? Does your parent do that? And what they're doing is they're asking these questions. They're, they're figuring out what kind of parents you have by the rules that they have, what they allow, what they don't allow. And they're coming there. They're kind of coming to a conclusion. They're, they're learning about you while they're asking questions. Did your mom let you go there? Would your mom let you do that? Do your parents do this? Do your parents do that? And that's how kids try to check each other out and find out about parents or whatever. We learn a whole lot about our God as we roll through this book and we look at the things he's prescribing for his kids. I want to be worshiped like this. I want absolute sacrifice. I want you to give it all. I want it to be free will. Every single thing we're reading, God is saying, do you want to be a worshiper of the living God? Then take notes. God wants free will worship. God, you got that. You want, it to be, you want me to not, there wouldn't be anything that I would withhold from you. God, I'll give you everything I got. Just, just unrestrained in my, whatever it is, God, whatever would glorify you, whatever would bless you, whatever would please you, that I would be unrestrained, that I wouldn't have pockets and corners and things that I hold back or withhold from God, but that we're just absolutely sold out to the Lord. Everything for you, Lord. I do believe that an understanding of what he did for us, as we look at these pictures and these shadows, when I understand that Jesus did this for me, that God gave his only begotten son, that he, you know, was totally, he surrendered, and he was willing to do this for you and for I, man, that I would, it would just make more of a worshiper out of us. But hopefully we can come out of this not just seeing a bunch of rules and Old Testament, old, you know, um, laws, but hopefully we come out of this saying, wow, I, I, I understand the God I worship better. The Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So though these rules were written for a people that were under a different covenant at a different time, it's the same God. And he has the same heart. And he desires the same 
thing of his people, maybe not in the same ways, but if God's heart is revealed, his person is revealed, his character is revealed as we read these things, as we learn from him. So a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. What was a sweet smelling aroma? Again, I believe it was a sacrifice and I believe it was the worship. I don't think it was like we think where it was just a meat, you know, burned up on the barbecue because it burned all the way up. So if you burn meat up, there's a point at which it's smelling good. And then there's a point at which if anybody here got somebody at home that can't cook and burns up food, there's a point at which you burn something up and now good smell gone. And now it was smelling good. Now it smells horrible. The whole house is filled up with the smell of burnt stuff. So I don't think it's just a smell of the stuff. I believe that it's the act of what's happening that's pleasing to the Lord. And um, verse 10 it says, if his offering is of the flocks of the sheep or of the goats, as a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring a male without blemish. And so just notice that there are different options given. Something from his flocks of the sheep or even of the goats. It can be brought as a burnt offering there to bring a male without blemish. He shall kill it on the north side of the altar before the Lord. The priest Aaron's son shall sprinkle his blood all around the altar. So Aaron's sons were to take the blood and it's going to be sprinkled around the altar. Verse 12. And he shall cut it into its pieces with its head and its fat, and the priest shall lay them in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar, but he shall wash the entrails, the leg with water. Then the priest shall bring it all and burn it on the altar. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire. Again, a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. So first we have the sacrifice of a bull. Um, again, that one would be very costly. That would be probably in that culture, only somebody very wealthy, somebody very rich could bring a bull. Then we step it down. Maybe what more people could do is something from your flock, one of your herd, one of your sheep, one of your goats that could be brought before the Lord. And then we're going to see here that even someone that was financially challenged was able to participate in the worship and sacrifice. So verse 14, and if the burnt sacrifice of his offering to the Lord is of birds, then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or young pigeons. And just so you know, those are very inexpensive to get a hold of in that day. And again, as I look at this, I realize that God was just saying, look, I want everybody to be able to participate. I believe that almost anybody could get together some baby pigeons or some turtle doves, even if you had to beg for it or whatever. It was something that was accessible to most people. And so there was an option given here. And so I should point this out with regard to giving to the Lord. We saw this in the New Testament. There was a lady that came, people were giving, and it was a, you guys remember the widow came and she just gave her mite, which would have been less than a penny, but she just gave, that's all, it was all that she had, and she gave it. Jesus made a lesson of it to the disciples and said, hey, she gave more than everybody else. He said, they gave out of their abundance. She gave everything she had. Now, if you measured what she gave, she didn't give very much. But she gave all that she had. And that's what God measured. She gave everything she had. So for someone to give out of their abundance, this doesn't even touch me, this doesn't hurt me at all. And someone to give everything they had, God said, she didn't have very much, but whatever she had, she gave to me. And he used it to me. He made a lesson of it. So it wasn't the amount. It was the heart with which she gave it. She gave her all. And the Lord honored that and made a lesson of it. So the, it could be turtle doves or young pigeons. Verse 15, the priest shall bring it to the altar, ring off its head, and burn it on the altar. Its blood shall be drained out um, at the side of the altar. And so you bring the bird, you bring your little birds and your pigeons and the priest were to take it and wring its neck. Just, just ring it. That's how you, everybody seen them do what they do a chicken or you seen it? 
I, I watched, I had to watch it on a video. Somebody was explaining it to me, and it was a grandma, and she had this, but it was Thanksgiving, and she was just spinning around like a toy. And I was like, that is so mean. That's why there has to be a more humane way to do it. But I guess it's what they she just grabbed it, it was and just and that's what it means when it says ring its neck. So as you read this here in Leviticus, that's what the priest did. So it must be okay. So grandma was okay. I mean, it's just, it was biblical. Um, but they would take these birds, ring its neck, so it died, basically. And then the blood's going to be drained out on the side of the altar, verse 15, verse 16. He shall remove its crop with its feathers and cast it beside the altar on the east side into the place for ashes. Then he shall split it at its wings but shall not divide it completely. And the priest shall burn it on the altar, on the wood that is on the fire. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire. And once again, a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. And so again, this person who would have had to bring a turtle over a pigeon, someone that maybe was not very wealthy, didn't have very much, but as they brought what they had and they offered it to the Lord, they had got it, given instructions to the priest, wring its neck, split it in half, take the crop and the feathers, don't cut it all the way through. Cut it but so you split it wide open and lay it on the fire and let it be burned all the way up. And I want you to notice, rather it was a bull, which is very expensive, or one something from your herd, a sheep or a goat, or it was your turtle dove or your, your pigeons. Each one, it says the same, God had the same response. It was a sweet smelling aroma to him. And it wasn't sweeter when it was the ox than it was when it was a pigeon or a turtle dove. Each case where someone offered to the Lord free willing and obedience and in worship, in each instance, God said, that's a sweet smell of right? that I enjoy that. And so I just want to bring this to a close. This is what I'd like you to take. If it's your desire, if you would say, you know what, I, I want to bless God. I'm, I'm so thankful for what God has done for me in my life. I want I'm looking for something. I'm looking for how that I can bless God, how that I can glorify God with my life. I want God. To, I want I would love to be the cause of God saying, oh, that was good. That bless. I would love that there's something I could do to bless the Lord and understand why we would want to bless God. We're not wanting to do something for God so that he'll do something back for us. That's wrong. I, I hate I hate the idea of praises go up, blessings come down. So you praise God so he bless you. That's stupid. You're praising him because of what he's already done. You're blessing God because of what he's already done. You're worshiping God because of what he's already done. And anything else you do for God, you guys, it always has to take you back to the cross. That is why the cross. He died for me. The most important thing ever been done, the, the most important, the biggest thing I needed, God did for me. And now, and I've already received it. It was free. He did it for me. I wasn't looking for him. He found me. I'm saved today, right now. God, if I could at least let my life say thank you. I'm not earning anything. I don't get brownie points. I'm not in a special class because I serve God in a certain kind of way. But at least want my life to say, God, I am so thankful you did that for me. I understand what you did for me. I value what you did for me. And so I want to worship you in a way that you prescribe. I want to bless you. I want you to see something in my life that you say, man, I, I believe that you can bless God. I believe that you can live in a way, if you can grieve the Holy Spirit, I believe if you can grieve him, I believe you can live in such a way that God would be pleased. Jesus said in, in John 8, he said, I do always those things that please the Father. Paul said at the end of his life, I've finished my race. 
The things that God gave me to do, I've done them. Like I've completed my journey, my time here on earth. I believe that we can live in such a way that God would be pleased. These people here were able to sacrifice and offer to God in a way that God said, man, that is a sweet smelling aroma to me. That blesses me. I'm enjoying the aroma of what you're doing right here. Free will, sacrifice, atonement. There's a benefit for you in it. There's to be atonement and a covering for your sins. But I'm enjoying that this is what you're with your free will. What you're doing is worshiping me. I enjoy that. I desire that. I want that. And so what I would encourage us as we again, we're going to continue to this book. What I would encourage all of us is that we would consider what the Lord desires of you. And I believe there's different things for different people. There are some things that are general for everybody. God wants everybody here to receive him. God wants everybody here to walk in submission and surrender. God would have all of us here to be worshipers of him. But God may prescribe different things. There are things that God is speaking to me that I want you to worship me like this. I want more of this out of you. I want you to move in this way in a greater way. I want more surrender in this area of your life. And so you can worship me like that. Bill, that's for me. And then for you, as you seek the Lord, as you come before him, as you bear your heart, there are things that God's going to be speaking to you. I want you to worship me like this. I want you to surrender this. I want you to lay these things down. I have to point out, right? I mentioned the Psalm 50, 10 and 11, that God said all the cattle on Thousand Hill are mine, but God has them offering up. They're offering up animals to him, but God's like, everything is mine anyway. I don't, they're not offering it to God because he needs it. He doesn't need their sacrifice. He doesn't need their animals. But God said, you know, when you give that animal that is expensive to you and costly, but you offer it up to me, that's good for you. It blesses me because it's good for you that you're not bound by the things that you possess, that you're able to freely give them back to the Lord who gave them to you. You'll be better for it. I think we live in maybe one of the greediest cultures ever where, I mean, everybody is just just life is it's even seeped into the church where everything just feels like it's about me, mine, getting as much as I can get in my little bit of span of time on earth. And God would say, no, no, that's not the goal. That's not the aim. It's not that we would be able to have as much stuff as we could have for us. And so for him, for these people, God said, I want you to I want you to worship me in this way. Give freely of these things that I bless you with anyway. Give them back to me. And again, I don't believe that it was for God in a sense. And he didn't need their animals, but he needed them to be free, be able to be free to give those things to him in an act of worship and it glorified him. And so there may be things that God is speaking to you about. Again, for some of us, it may be there may be people here that God is saying, you know, I, I want more of your time. You don't give me any air. I want more time with you. It's not always stuff. Some of us, God just said, I want more time. Could you spend some more time with me? I would really like for to be more intimate with you. Would you give me some more time? Would you turn off your TV? Would you get off your phone? Would you get away from these things? Could I have more of you? that we might be intimate, that we might grow in our relationship, that you might know me better, that you might be able to worship me even in just private time spent with me. For some of us, that's what God wants, just more of you, more of your time. For some of us, there are things that God would say, get that out of here. That thing is in my way. Can you tear down the idols that you might worship me in purity? And so there are things that overwhelm us. There are things that take God's place. There are things that are risen up above God. God said, would you get rid of those things that we might we might have a better relationship, that, that there might be worship between us, um, that it might be rich. And I'll let the Lord speak to each of us what it is. Um, as I prepare this chapter, there are things that God spoke to me about. I want this from you, Bill. Uh, okay, I've been spoken to. For me, this is God wants me to worship him in, in this kind of way. So I'm encouraging all of us that as we looked at these guys and what they were called to do, that 
there would be total dedication. God, I totally dedicate myself to you. In whatever way you want more of me, I dedicate myself to you. I give myself to you, Lord. You've been listening to another edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Thanks for tuning in. The book of Leviticus is full of relevant content that can still be applied to us today. Yes, even the Old Testament book that seems to just be full of rules and regulations. It's full of the grace of God. No matter how many times the Israelites seem to misunderstand or misjudge God, He still forgave them. He still gave them chance after chance and gave them what they needed. How many times in your life can you see that God has done the same for you? He gives grace even when we make mistakes. He gives grace even when we don't deserve it. He gives us chance after chance after chance. There is no one else like Him. If you're struggling with your own mistakes and are having a hard time accepting the grace of God, we'd love to connect and pray for you. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that number is 310-245-4811. And if you're ever in the Inglewood area, we want to meet you in person. Our service times are on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit in person, we stream our services online too. For more information, such as directions and links to media pages, just visit CalvaryInglewood.org. Again, that website was CalvaryInglewood.org. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Leviticus, and you won't want to miss it. Learn more next time right here on A Transforming Word.